Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Man of Post Weekend Review Show. As always, I'm your host, Ali, and joining me is the regular duo of David and Simon. How are we, gentlemen? I'm not too bad, thank you. Aye, very well, thank you. Excellent, excellent. We'll get straight into the football as the weekend opened up with El Reviewico. Um, Simon, I'll be as well coming to you first because you're like a kid in a candy shop with us as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> finished Aston Villa 3 Newcastle 0 two of the most informed teams going into the game um, but Aston Villa sorry Dave really really made this game look very very comfortable sorry yeah I mean we were you and me were just talking before we started recording it was pretty much a perfect performance from us um, I'm, it's arguably the most complete 90-minute performance I've seen from a Villa team at Villa Park for probably about 15 years. And like that 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 might sound like hyperbolic and over the top because we've beaten, we've beaten some, some of the top teams in that period. But in a lot of those games, we've sort of ridden our luck quite a bit in them. Whereas on Saturday, you're playing against a team with the best defence in the league, third in the league, had only lost three games all season. And, I mean, for 90 minutes, we absolutely battered them. I mean, 3-0, I think 3-0 flattered Newcastle a bit. That could have finished 5 or 6. Um, we just, every single player in our team was absolutely on it. There's, there was no one, I think every, all of our players was at least sort of an 8 out of 10. Um, Watkins was outstanding up front. Mings was superb at the back. Moreno... At left back, we, we, you and me, Ali, just talking before again before we start recording. He he's looked really really good the last few weeks, and they they just there was no real answer to him. He was it was an outlet for us all day. John McGinn, like you said, was was a real terrier. I mean, I think Dan Byrne will have images of John McGinn's perfectly formed fine ass <laughs> in his in his head for, for for a while to come because he. He really struggled against McGinn. Then Duncan Louise controlled the midfield so much. I, th- I think I think we. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Does Dave might have a bit more insight to this? But I think we took Newcastle by surprise a bit. I don't. I'm not sure if they expected us to come flying out the traps as much as we did. And I thought we were quite clever in the way that we we've been playing sort of out the back. Like Martinez passing out to Mings and Conza for for the last few weeks, but we know Newcastle one of their real strengths is their pressing and how high they press. So we were quite 
I thought really, it was quite interesting that Martinez, rather than looking for Mings or Cons when he had the ball, was clipping it out to Young or Moreno on the left, sort of bypassing that press. And, and once we got through them, the the energy that we played at, they they just couldn't really cope with it. And I, I didn't see that coming. I was, I was quite nervous all week, thinking I'd, I'd take a point. And actually, before the game, we were in the pub beforehand, and, and I thought that Newcastle were probably going to nick it, but we could have been ahead after 30 seconds. And from that point, we, we just didn't look back. We kept going. The form Ollie Watkins is in, he, he just, he looks like a complete, a complete striker at the moment. You know, a, a few, a couple of months ago that the, um, the shots that he had at the post, that they hit the post in, you know, the first 30 seconds after that, and then having a goal disallowed rightly for offside, it was tight, but he was offside. After those two chances and Pope had made a couple of good saves from him as well, you could be forgiven for thinking, you know, he could be forgiven for thinking it's not going to be my day, but no, he's just so calm and relaxed and knows that another chance is coming and he's going to sit them away. And um, that's it. I think that's nine goals in 11 games or sort of 10 goals in his last 12 games, something stupid like that. So. Yeah, it was just it was just such a good performance, a great atmosphere, and there's a there's just a, a feel good factor around Villa Park, similar to I think what was happening what happens at St James's Park last season. Really, you 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 feel like there's something special brewing, and yeah, to 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 do to perform like that for the whole game against a team who've been as good as Newcastle have been this season. It was just so, so impressive and, yeah, a, a great day for me and, unfortunately, for uh, for Dave, probably not, not so good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Everything's what you said, unfortunately, for, for, obviously for, for Dave and Newcastle fans, is, is spot on. Um, obviously, since doing the podcast with you both um, for the past few years, obviously, you kind of get, you grow... You know, you grow fond of both teams as well because you pay that bit more attention than you did before, rather than just like highlights here and there. You're, you think, and and I came at the first, the opening five minutes of this game, I felt we were in for like I thought it was going to be a big barn burner of a game. It was kind of end to end, a bit, a bit, a bit manic right at the start. Even like the the shot that obviously uh, Watkins at the post, and then Newcastle broke up the other end almost almost immediately. And I was like, oh yes, we're just we're just in for a game. Um, but I said. When Gerrard was in charge, if Gerrard's not in here, Aston Villa are arguably a top four team in this league with the form it's on. The fact that you've got Arsenal sitting top of the league, Aston Villa are just as good a team as Arsenal. Um, I'll, I'll stand by that, especially with a properly coached manager. Um, a properly coached team, sorry, a proper coach in charge with uh, the team. I think player for player, uh, you, you know my thoughts on certain players, Simon. Um, <laughs> but the, even he was in, even he. You know, some of the passes he was playing. Conzo played an absolute wonderful ball in the game. It's nice to see his form coming back. Um, we, we spoke about Ashley Young. He's just ridiculous for the he's at. Um, and Martinez, he's always been a great goalkeeper, but he's adding like the the stuff that Allison and, and Ederson are so good at, you know, the, the passing, the command yeah, the type thing. We, we, the, that was the, a strong point. Yeah, the the improvement over the last, even just over the last two months with his yep. distribution has, has been absolutely, it's so clear to see. Like, there's obviously so much work has gone on the training grounds for, for every game because it's a different game plan that we're playing depending on our opponents. And 
I saw uh, there was an interview with Mings that I saw the other day when he was saying that they they'll start doing things they'll do things on the Monday and Tuesday that it doesn't become apparent until the Thursday and Friday why they've been why doing those that? things and like and he says he was saying you know by by the end of the week everyone can understand exactly why they've been doing what they've been doing for the team that they're coming up against. Yeah, it's amazing when you've got a proper football manager. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dave, I mean, for yourselves, um, little, little mini setback again. I was sitting the same before the board. It's, 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 it's not as hard a result to take, really, with the form that Villa are in. Um, but obviously, it's, it's still a dent in the, the top four challenge. A um, couple of results went your way, which I'm absolutely delighted for. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, what was your, your thoughts on the game? Um, I mean, obviously it wasn't a good day for us, but uh, what I would say is that it was like playing the best version of ourselves, like in the fact <laughs> that we were absolutely relentless from the first minute, yeah. which we, we have been in a lot of games this season. Um, but also everything from like the streetwise um, aspect of it, or, or shithousery, if you will, like once Villa were ahead, every single little touch that went down and they stayed down, it meant we just got no momentum going. Um, the, we had five minutes at the start of the second half where we bought on Alan Ron and Wilson and had maybe three chances in five minutes and we thought ah, we're starting to get going here and then they'll have scored, well actually twice once got disallowed for a marginal offside but, and that killed us for us because again as I said before for, for us if we score the first goal we're very difficult to beat because we're so good on the break and it's the same for Villa as soon as we were behind we had to chase it, um, second half I know it looks like a battering which obviously it was but um, we we obviously went to the middle with uh, with more people up front, and we just got beaten over and over again in the middle of the park. Um, Villa, Villa don't didn't really play with wingers, which um, obviously meant Moreno was was getting forward more. But it meant in the middle we were badly outnumbered on a lot of occasions. So that's uh, that's that's why we lost. Um, we were outplayed from the first whistle. I think I think someone said we actually lost the game in the first 80 seconds when when Watkins went through because that totally shit us up. Like <laughs> we haven't got we haven't got the pace set enough to begin with. But uh, when they're getting uh, knocked in behind afterwards at 45 seconds or something, uh, it's just yeah. you know you could just see things unraveling before our own eyes. And obviously it gave Villa the confidence to do it again and again and again. Um, kind of absolutely no complaints. But you know some games you do just get out, you just get outplayed. Um, and as I said, it's only our fourth loss of the season. Yeah, that's um, right. I didn't realise that's remarkable. Well, well the, other games, the other games we've lost, we've lost the Liverpool 98th minute yep. corner game. Um, we've lost at Man City. We've lost the Liverpool home game, which was just a mad afternoon. Yeah. Um, and then this. So, like, Shit, yeah. on the chin. I think just... it would be interesting, I think, from, from the Newcastle point of view, seeing what the reaction is to this defeat. So the other three, you could make a fair argument that you didn't really deserve to lose any of those games, like especially the two Liverpool games. Like I thought you were really unlucky to have lost them. The City game with a bit of better finishing, you could have got something from that. But this, this is the only time I've seen you this season like get properly done by a team and deserve to lose. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what the reaction to that is. Yeah, and as well, it's always worrying when, when we get turned over because it means other teams can see how to do it. Um, no, not everybody's got. You can't say the Ollie Watkins. Well, <laughs> like, well, that's it. No, not everyone's got the same tools, so that's the that's a good thing about football. Like, it's not the same for every team. Um, and as you know, as you alluded to, Villa are a pretty well coached team who've got uh, some amazing strengths which have been played to more now than ever before. So I'm not 
necessarily worry about Harry Kane running behind us over and over again on Sunday coming. Oh, yeah. yeah but, you, you, know. you, you couldn't have handpicked a better opponent, I think, for Sunday, <laughs> the way things are going. Oh. Well, we'll see. But uh, yeah. we just have to make sure that, uh, that we win that game because that's... I wouldn't say it's a six-pointer just yet because there's loads of football still to play. But you know, if, if you if you would if you lose that, um, it becomes back to being a three-horse race, or maybe even more because Villa are going to come, come up on the outside and Brighton, of course, are still got about 300 games in hand. So, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't want to invite people to be involved. Um, so hopefully we just win that and and get ourselves back on track. So is it a sports next one? For yourselves, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, Newcastle next, next uh, Sunday. Yeah, that'll be a massive game. Um, I mean, just before we'll come on to the Spurs game next then, just to, to segue on, but well, I'll just make sure that's highlighted what you said, because it is the perfect. Arthur Villa are the biggest shithouse team in the league, and it's not even close. I mean, you cannot even debate it. I'm not even going to let you come on and defend. I mean, it was, on, it, honestly, it was like playing a Spanish team, which, which I, I can't understand, because yes, we've been doing it all I'm I'm going to be completely unashamed and, apo- and unapologetic <laughs> in in loving every fucking second of no, it. So I honestly, you, you should like uh, we we've both of us have had these so-called big teams do it to us over and over and over again um, for however long. So uh, I've yeah. got absolutely no. I, I mean, for, for years and years, we I'd always like watch. I mean, you're right, yeah, when you look at the teams that do it, I'd always, like, watch this and think, what? we're too nice, why are we so nice? Like, mm-hmm. Why do we let teams bully us and, and get away with this stuff? And, I mean, when you've got, it, it all starts from the, <laughs> right from the back with us. You, you've got Emi Martin as in goal and, and Ashley Young playing in the team. You know you know what you're getting, don't you? But, I yeah, don't know no. how Martinez hasn't been suspended just for a cumulative yellow card. <laughs> because he genuinely has wasted about three games worth of minutes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Five minutes into the game and he's like literally five minutes for every goal kick. Um, but anyway... We'll move on to an absolute comedy show um, at White Hart Lane, Dave, which almost put, not a relief as such, but definitely perched a little back up again after the result. Um, Tottenham Hotspur 2, Bournemouth 3. Um, Spurs thinking they'd, they'd got a point for a minute mm-hmm. to concede. Just it, It's just the most Spurs result ever. Um, I'll, I'll come to you first on it, just because obviously... It, Actually, it really affects both of you, I guess, but for yourself, for the top four, I suppose, and this was a Masters result after the dropping the, the points in the earlier on the day. Yeah, well, I mean, it looked like a home banker, didn't it? But uh, all is not well at Tottenham, I don't think. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to be fair to Bournemouth, you know, we, we keep... We've all expected them to be relegated, possibly even by now, to be quite honest with you. Like, you know, they, they signed pretty much nobody last summer. Um <laughs> Seems recruited well um, to the point where the guy who scored the first goal, I don't know who he is, I'll be honest. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, on loan from Romeo, say. Well, who knew? <laughs> um, but they, um, they they play some quite nice football. Like It's not like the, you know, like a, a Route 1 type of team. They play nice football with, with players who are obviously very hungry to prove a lot of people wrong. And, uh, you know, to, to be still going at Spurs in the 97th minute or whatever it was to go up at the other end and score a winner. Um, you know, absolutely fair play to them. Um, 
it obviously helps a huge amount that uh, Tottenham are not firing on all cylinders at the minute. Um, what they're doing, I just don't know. Like, why would you sack a manager and then not replace them? Yeah, that's um, pro- properly anyway. Like, it, yeah. I mean, you can't kid me that our manager didn't want to take that job at the end of the season. Like, obviously, talk about Dean Smith going in at Leicester short, I'm sure, but um, surely any manager is better than just putting the assistant in charge. <laughs> like, yeah, of your old guy who wasn't working. I, I never understand that in the first place. Uh, no, it's um, it's bonkers, and uh, I mean, it's talk about them going for Luis Enrique tonight, um, which seems to be like, well, Chelsea went from somebody we should go from as well. Like, that's not that's not the way to appoint a manager, man. Like, <laughs> pick someone who you know who you actually want. Um, but on the other hand, it's hilarious because I don't like them. Um, so long may it continue appoint Ryan Mason a 10 year deal as far as I'm concerned <laughs> yeah, I, I would like that because I mean we know the other side of London that have cheered me up with their with their managerial choice so if they could do the same um, that would be, that would be that's, even, that's even strange they've gone out and found someone who they know can't do the job <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even know the club like, well, like at least Stellini's like an unknown quantity as we say like I'm, I am convinced it is just Conde without the wig like try try try, try. Try and prove me wrong on that, but like with Lampard, they've gone like, you know what, this is Frank Lampard. You know what? Yes, let's hire him again. Like that's worse, surely. <laughs> um, ah, sorry. Um, I mean, massive three points. It's really hard to like not give Bournemouth the the credit they deserve because Spurs are such a comedy show. But I mean, this. I, I mean, I said today this is a massive result for Dave, but. Like this is that was a huge result for you guys as well, given you taking the three. I didn't realise how close um, to the top top four really that you you are in with a shout here on the formula. Uh, I mean, I I but yeah, but I mean, top top four, I, I think is 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 out of the question. Like we'd have to win every game. But what this what the uh, Tottenham losing does do. We're only three points behind Tottenham. We're on the same yeah. number of games. And we've got to play them up in the park in a few weeks. So I'm, I genuinely think that I, I think fourth is a stretch is a put step too far for us. But I think fifth is something we're capable of. We can easily finish above Tottenham. Well, I, like, I, I, they're you know, a mess at the moment. They are a mess completely, and you're on total opposite trajectories, aren't you? Like, I can only see you getting better and better as the season finishes out. Um, I really can see those. Some of those Spurs players throwing the towel in once, yeah. you know, assuming it goes the way it's going now, they're going to start drifting away from the top four, and they're going to be thinking, "Well, like, what's the point?" <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, they're just. I mean, like like you guys have said, what was the point in in sacking Conte if you're just going to leave his his assistant? He's just going to do exactly the same thing. Like, it, it does it does not make any sense. I'm really struggling to. To understand the logic behind behind that well, is, um, I mean, maybe not this. Who I'm going to say now, but like, could Tottenham have done worse and put like, let's say, Harry Redknapp in charge for ten games? Like, maybe not him because he's old, but like, you know, like. I know what you mean. Well, I get the logic. The, the, At least the, the problem with all these teams who are sacking managers is we like, we we always talk about identity, right? Mm. They're what are they doing? Like, they've they've no clue. Like, Spurs are. Maybe the I mean they're probably the, the best example, but worst run, which is mad to think when Chelsea are in the league, 
Um, but Chelsea are almost like a fake club. I, I don't even pretend. They're, they're, Chelsea are run like we play football manager when we're bored. <laughs> it don't count. But Spurs are just. I don't know what they're doing. Like no manager is similar. To the players they look for. Are... What I think is is the most like baffling thing, especially when you look at like a uh, Tottenham. Uh, Chelsea and Leicester is sacking the manager without having a single idea about who they possibly get in as a replacement. When, when you compare that with someone like Brighton, who when they lost Potter, they they weren't expecting like that 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 came that that have come fairly quickly out the blue. You know they wouldn't they didn't start the season thinking there's a chance that that Potter will be gone in a month, but they've already they clearly they they're properly run football club who probably had about four or five managers like lined up ready to go you know okay if for whatever reason Potter's no longer in charge we'll go for this guy if he doesn't want it we've got this you know they've got four or five names on the list that they that they want and they go get them so how can I just I, I can't understand how if a team like Brighton is smart enough to operate like that how can these so-called top teams I mean, we know with Chelsea because they've they've got an absolute nutcase in charge, and <laughs> uh, you know, long may he stay. But you know, Tottenham, Dan, Daniel Levy, whatever you think of, uh, you know, how how what what he's done at Tottenham over the years. What you can't say is that he's not a shrewd operator. Like he's clearly he's clearly got a business. You no, know, bit he's a bit, bit of a savvy guy. Well, but how, this, that sums up. This is actually perfect for Levy though, because he doesn't have to. Buy anybody out, or he's not yeah. made Conte off. So this is the way he's looking. What the, the strangest part about Spurs um, compare and with the way you look at Leicester, especially when you compare it with Brighton. Brighton lost them quite early on in the season and still acted very swiftly. Right now, Brighton. I mean, what's Brighton's goals really at the start of the season? Probably still just to stay up. But, you know, well maybe, maybe a wee bit more like sit mid table. They're certainly yeah. really ambitious enough to think we could get Europa League this year, right? Um, if they are, fair play to them. But, I mean, Chelsea barred the Champions League that they were in, but they were never going to win because they're in utter dire straits, right? They can afford to stick... I'm trying. This sounds like I'm defending keeping Lampard till the end of the year. Hmm. But they can afford to have a Lampard till the end of the season because yeah. they're not going to do anything, right? They're not going to make top four. They're not going to make Europa League. Um, I don't think they were even in with a shout even when they signed them. But Spurs are still in the battle for top four. Still trying to stay in Europe. Leicester trying to stay in the league. Like, what was going it, on? Yeah. Well, that's it as well. And, like, anyone you bring in at this stage of the season probably isn't going to change the style of play. But, like, it's Tottenham. Like, they've got good players, right? They yeah. just need a bit of guidance on, you know, set up an opposition play, whatever else. And I just, as you say, like, they're in with a, they were in with a, probably slowing with a great chance of getting fourth. But uh, they made it very difficult for themselves. Like, you just talked about Emery and obviously we know Eddie how they prepare meticulously for every game I don't think Stellini does like, I don't <laughs> think he's ever had to do it before and it's not his yeah. fault like really like, it's, he's not he isn't a manager he's an assistant yeah. manager um, so that's why I meant like you know Redknapp or you know they could have gone and got let's say Rafa Benitez I mean I know he probably would have cost them a bit of money but like surely the offset of potentially being in the Champions League and the money that brings versus um you know, not doing that and the cost of whatever it would cost for 10 games 12 games whatever it was like sure that's worth a chance 
I, I think you're right. I think I think even the red nut one. I think it's a it's actually a, a decent shout. And we, we always joke about the whole knowing the club, but somebody who's got his own identity, regardless. You know, he's just we, we laugh at Roy Hodgson, right? But the results are speaking for themselves because he comes in, he knows how he wants to play. He's very very basic, and and it works. Is it long term? No, but if they're not going to appoint anybody long term immediately, regardless, mm. bring in somebody as a caretaker for two months, three months, rather than being just a, a coach, if you know what I mean, like an assistant coach. It baffles me. Yeah, mm. I, I don't get it. Um, right, well, we'll go, we'll move on to the two teams we're pretty much featured prominently in that conversation. And, uh, Chelsea won Brighton 2. <laughs> Frank Lampard run a good form continues um, and, and Brighton I, I say continue to shock us but can we even be shocked anymore are, are Brighton just this top 10 comfortable team now playing lovely football well coached normally pretty defensively sound and even seemingly finding goals these days I mean I wasn't shocked by, by that never a shock against Chelsea <laughs> I mean in general you know in like gen- end up being like yeah. a full of that I mean, um, Brighton, Brighton shouldn't be going to Stamford Bridge and having seventy percent of the ball and thirty shots, whatever it was. Like, I mean, that's just there's, there's you know, there's winning and there's winning. Like, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, at, at least at least under Potter, Chelsea were generally dominating teams, but just losing. Now now they're being dominated and losing. Like, um, now Brighton have Brighton have been excellent this season, and that that they're like from from my point of view. Like they're they're only a point behind us with two games in hand. And I know there's a whole points on the board thing rather than games in hand, but I'm I'm still not I'm not going to like 100% say I think that we that we'll finish in Europe because I think Brighton our team that that do worry me because of how good they've been this season. And yeah, I mean on on the weekends it it helps that you're playing against a team that are, are managed by someone who I mean. I'm I'm starting to question now. Is 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 this the same Frank? This can't be the same Frank Lampard who was a, a brilliant footballer because I don't understand how someone could <laughs> be that good at playing the game could just lose all of that knowledge about what a midfield should do, which is like it's it's very very hard. But um, you had Steven Gerrard as your manager. Remember. This is, yeah, yeah, but I've been, I've, I've tried to, <laughs> tried to block some, tried to block those bad things out of my mind. But, um, yeah, just... nah, Brighton were brilliant, and even you know with Ferguson going off injured, you, you thought that that could have, you know, maybe sort of derailed them a bit. But that nah, they, they absolutely destroyed Chelsea on the weekend. A bold show, but Brighton might be the most well-run club in this league. Um, like top to bottom, like I, I, I think Michael Edwards is now part of their setup now as well. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm sure I read something like that. Um, I don't know. I know obviously we nicked Ashworth off them. Um, yeah, I think Edwards went there. Um, and he was magical for us. And like we, we've said it all along, their scouting is phenomenal. They've built a tremendous. I don't know when they built the the stadium. It's like a state of the art facility as well. Um, I think they built it before they even came into the Premier League, didn't they? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's been a while. 255 nationality squad. But they just, I mean, I was worried for them when Potter left, but 
I mean, they've, up, they've seemingly upgraded their manager, upgraded their, upgraded their style of play, they score goals. Um, they somehow got better and comfortably better, Dave. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really fun to watch. Um, it's a shame they're actually not on, not on telly more. Like, really, considering how good they are, they haven't really been on that many uh, Sky or BT games, I remember. But um, looking at the table now, well, they're seventh. They've got two games in hand on nearly everyone above them. Um I think those games in hand include Man City and Arsenal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you would want to play them if you if you uh, if you need a result at this stage of the season because they they aren't showing any signs of letting up. What will be interesting is um, if they win the FA Cup semi-final on Sunday, yes. which yeah. to be honest, if Man United are missing both centre halves and Rashford, I think I fancy Brighton to be quite fair. Um, mm-hmm. Man United without Rashford. Mm, you know, it's uh, Good for well a little bit. I mean, obviously the goals came on. We'll come on to that game later on, but the goals came from fairly unlikely sources in terms of how many they've got this season. Um, whereas Brighton just seemed to play, say, play the same way against everybody, regardless of uh, whether you know whether it's Man United or whether it's you know Nottingham Forest. Like they just have 100% possession and just batter you to death. Um, so I I'm actually really looking forward to that on uh, on Sunday, but. Um, I say if Brighton win that, all of a sudden do they have one eye on the on the cup final? Quite possibly. Mm. Um, should really, shouldn't they? Like, well, it can go one or two ways. Can't it? I mean, like, without being disrespectful, like, how much does like Matoma and Cizou, um Pascal Gross, like, how much do they really buy into the whole FA Cup thing? Like, I don't think it's like maybe that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I've died for Brighton, as I say. I've um, I'm all aboard the Brighton train for a good few seasons now, and I'm all aboard the Frank Lampard to get uh, I mean, a new contract. Did, as he says. Did, did you did you hear Lampard's uh, comments on match of the day when he was he said uh, it was something like like you know the, the the basic we didn't get the basics right, and you know we 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 need we need to improve that. You've been there for two fucking weeks, mate. That your job is to improve <laughs> the basics of ah. <laughs> like, oh, it's just it's so funny. Like if you if you were, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't even know how how Chelsea fans must be feeling because um, I mean, two weeks ago they were all telling us what a great idea it was because 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 he knows the quickest way to and from Sanford Bridge, if there's, <laughs> if there's uh, roadworks nearby, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> for him, he does, it is... There's some shortcuts in the stadium as well, I'm sure. So it's yeah, well, he, he, he's found a shortcut to manage Premier League clubs, hasn't he? So, um, I mean, it's yeah, hilarious. As Richard Key said, he knows the club. Give him the job. Give him another <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. Um, Let's go to Merseyside um, and Everton doing their best to um, to get relegated. It seems um, Everton won Fulham three. Um, I somehow thought Everton possibly could have got a result of this, but um, yeah, Fulham, Fulham said no. Simon, I was uh, I was shocked by this result. To be honest, um, I mean I know Everton. <laughs> They've not been great this season, to, to put it mildly. But Fulham, Fulham looked looked the last few weeks like their their players were on the beach, as, as the saying goes for, for teams like that. This side of the season, and no Mitrovic, I 
I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't see that result coming. I, I, I thought this had a, a shite last match of the day, 1-0 Everton <laughs> written all over it, <laughs> to be honest. Like, yeah, I, that that is... um. That's a really worrying result for Everton because I'm not sure. I think they've got the next three games. They've got Palace away, Newcastle home, Leicester away, fucking hell, then Brighton away, Man City at home. They've got some really tough games coming up. That that was a real missed opportunity, I think, on the weekend. And yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, 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 I'd be really, 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 really worried now. If I was an Everton fan, I think it's got the point where um, if Everton still it would be cost teams are worse than them rather than them being better than teams, which is probably a stupid thing to say. But I what I mean, mean is, like, though, yeah. yeah, they're not going to go on a run where they save themselves. Like they're going to scrape points here and there, and it's like relying on other teams not doing the same. Like looking at the fixtures, I mean, we'll come on to Forest later on, but they. Their fixtures make them look pretty much done, which is a strange thing to say when they're only down there on goal difference, but <laughs> they've got such a hard run in um, compared to the other teams. Um, so that I think we can all agree, a, a dead duck. Um, yeah. They're, show, they're showing no signs of getting out of it. So really it boils down to whether Leicester can pull themselves together, um, which I guess we'll find out. But uh, Leicester, they, their next four games, they've got Wolves at home, Leeds away, Everton at home, Fulham away. So you can see why a team like that should change their manager. Um, yeah. Without all those fixtures, because it might only take an extra five or ten percent of like a new manager bounce, we want to call it, to, to get a result in some of those games, um, which they obviously didn't think they were going to get um, with with Brendan Rodgers in charge. I think you look at Leicester's team from top to bottom, and it's it is far too good to be down where it is. Like that's. Oh, Right, they've got deficiencies, but my goodness, like they've got some really yeah. good players there who shouldn't be anywhere near 19th in the table. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I mean, you, you look at, I funny enough, I was chatting with a mate earlier, like we were sort of talking about the relegation battle. We were talking about Leicester, we were saying they've, they've got midfield, like they've got Madison, Barnes, and Didi and Tiedemans in their squads. Now, they've obviously, Tiedemans and Didi haven't had the best of seasons, but they're four proven Premier League good quality footballers. So I agree this is something weird with them as, as as to what's gone on. But they you look at those the fixtures they've got coming up the four we just reeled off there. I think you're absolutely spot on. You can understand why they've made the change at the time that they did. Because you'd expect them you'd expect them to, on paper certainly, to be capable of getting at least seven points from those four games, which would probably keep them up. Well, you'd think so. Um, it's just uh, savagery, as you say, they've had so many players who haven't performed to the level they should have done. Um, as you've mentioned, obviously, indeed, in Telemans there, it's probably the main two. Madison's been in and out with injuries. Um, but they've just not performed and now they've got seven games where they're going to have to perform in probably at least three or four of them, I would say. Um, it's quite probably, probably helpful for them to be playing teams around them. Um, with, you know, obviously, it's double whammy if you can get the results there. Mm. Um, but I don't know, Matthew, I mean, you said last week Dean Smith and John Terry in particular were, were, were good moves for them. That, that certainly 
can see the logic in, in taking someone like Terry in there for a team who hasn't been able to defend his pieces well for about three years now. Um, Dean Smith, well, was very good for a time, but yeah, I'd, I'd, stocks fallen somewhat. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I said last week about him um, that he should he took the Norwich job far too soon after, after losing the Villa job, but he he's in terms of sort of uh, a new manager bounce that that. That, that you sometimes get. He, he when he first came in at Villa, he was very good. And actually, when he first, I think Norwich, I think they took points in their first maybe three or four games when he went in there. Um, but also the experience of a relegation battle. We you know the our first year back in the Premier League when we we ended up staying up on the last day with four games to go that season. We were seven points adrift of safety with four games to go, and we stayed up. So he's. He's got experience of keeping teams up in difficult situations. They're currently in a better situation than we were at that, you know, at that point in the season. So I, I think it's a smart appointment, personally. Yeah, it could have done. We've been six months earlier than it would have been fine. Uh, yeah. I've been calling it for every year and a half. So. <laughs> um, we'll go on to a team who did sack the manager and have replaced them. And strange appointment, but I mean, coming good. Um, Southampton, as we've all alluded to, are pretty much done and dusted. Um, but Crystal Palace were another three points um, under, under Roy Hodgson era, Dave. Yeah, well, Southampton are another team who appointed the assistant manager. Um, <laughs> and look how well that's gone. So, um, was he Hasenhutl's assistant? I was, going to, I was about to say that. I sort of... Said it in my mind and thought, hang on, where did he come from? I'm sure he was Hasselhoodles, which is even more strange. He just stuck around for a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, he probably saw Nathan Jones come in the first day and thought, fucking hell, I'll stick around because this Pratt won't be here much longer. Yeah, so he, so he came in, or in the portrait him from Copenhagen, where he was assistant manager, right? Don't get us wrong. I'm sure it was a lovely time. <laughs> and then last summer, he, he came to join Hasenhutl as his assistant. And then when Hasenhutl got sacked, he took over for one match, which is a 1-1 draw with Sheffield in the AFL Cup. Put the one on pens. And then that was obviously enough that when Nathan Jones got sacked, they were like, you know what? Get him back in. <laughs> so, what a life he's led. Um, well, yeah, they're, they're hopeless, absolutely done and dusted. Um, still, Theo Walcott getting minutes in 2023. Like, yeah. No wonder <laughs> you're going down. Um, Palace um, have just reverted to Hodgson-era Palace immediately. <laughs> like, It's actually incredible how they've gone from this sort of <laughs> bumbling mess of a nil-nil, nil-nil draw kind of club um, to, like, we're going to perform at 7 out of 10 all the time. And if you dare drop below that, we'll just beat you. And that's what's happened in both games now. (laughs) (laughs) They just are always there to pick up on any mistakes. And they've got pace, which is always dangerous. Eze looks like he's been reunited with his long-lost father, which he probably has. Um, (laughs) And at the 12th, like the three points behind Chelsea, like (laughs) how has this happened? Yeah. Crystal Palace have just been per- I, I swear they've been 12 for my entire existence <laughs> it feels like it feels like that doesn't it they just <laughs> yeah. fair, do you know what fair play because we 
I think I think most of us probably felt that Vieira was probably like slightly hardly done, hard hard done by to have lost the job, and we all kind of said, oh, what the hell are they bringing Roy back in for? And and look, it's, it's obviously just you'd assume just going to be just until the end of this season, and, and it will be interesting to see Absolutely. what they actually do in the I summer. I, well, I don't think I don't think they will be, but I mean, we we gets, kind of like gets another year next year. I bet you. We 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 kind of like mocked, you know, at, at, at the time I think it was, it was quite right to mock. So going, what what the hell's going on? But but fair play to Roy. He's obviously still got that sort of love and enthusiasm and passion for it because you I mean why you have to to want to go back to Crystal Palace at seventy four, seventy five. But he's obviously he's obviously effective. Like he's not. It's not just there for the, because he knows the club and a Frank Lampard. He's, <laughs> he's, he's he's clearly he's clearly still got got the ability to to, to get get the best out of players. Well, that, this play. is a bit like the, the the thing Dave mentioned for Spurs, like the Harry Redknapp mould, like that type of manager. Um, for the thing. this this was exactly that, and this proves it works. You know, he's it might not be pretty on the eye, um, although they, they seem to be playing okay, but they're just efficient. They're organised. They're, mm-hmm. they're tactically set up the way they need to be to play to the strengths of the players that are available. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Um, the thing is, what if he wins? Let's say he wins like five of their remaining seven games. Like he's getting a year's contract. There's got to be a chance <laughs> where they, they go. You know what, Roy? Like we we don't know who we want, but you clearly know what you're doing here. So just just keep us up for another year oh, yeah. and you know help us identify replacement. <laughs> It's it's that, or they bring in you know the next Ruben Sellers as his assistant manager, so that when he does finally depart this earth, his replacement is already ready. Do you know what? Give him another year. We all want to see Roy in front of the year, don't we? Oh, Roy. Yeah. I want to see Ray Lewinson in the in those shorts in the middle of December again <laughs> on the touchline. Well, it's very likely that we will. <laughs> Why wow, Liverpool have gone mad here? Six one. I just threw my hands up in celebration. That one. <laughs> what did I say at halftime, Ali? He's my guy. Yeah. Well, I was close to being right when they pulled one back. Sorry, I'm listening. We're currently watching the, the second half of the Liverpool game. Right, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to anyone who's watching the Liverpool game on delay when you listen to this, but it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm it. Spoiler alert: Liverpool are now six one up. <laughs> so it turns out we can only beat Man United in Leeds. <laughs> Right, Wolves. Wolves two, Brentford nil, lads. Um, I, I I don't know what to say about that. Like this is Wolves. I just these are a team like I mean, Sai, you joked about Crystal Palace being twelve your whole life. Hmm. I feel Wolves are shite my whole life, but they're still just they're never in trouble. They they seem to just I don't know. Just just strange, especially given the the run of form Brentford have been on. This is a very my head kind of function with this result. Yeah, well, I think I think Brentford's the last couple of weeks had a touch of the Fulhams as well of just sort of what they've got over that forty point mark, and I think subconsciously they've just sort of switched off a, a little bit. They, you know, they've not been their best the last few weeks. The Wolves, yeah, they've, they've just been crap all season. There was a, a time maybe about five, six weeks ago when they looked like they, they could be in, in trouble. But 
because of the lack of goals that they get. But even then, you, you kind of, I got the feeling that they, they'd scrape enough draws and the odd win here or there to, to pull themselves out. I think that, that win on the weekend has probably pulled themselves out. What what it was, though, is two, two of the shittest goals I've seen for some time. I mean, Diego Costa scores whilst trying to, trying to tackle someone, I think. <laughs> the ball flies in the net and then... Uh, the, the second goal was was put on the plate by uh, by the Brent. I think it's Pinnock in defence for Brentford. So it's it's it two pretty jammy goals, uh, which you know for a team that that struggles to score goals, I think they'll they'll take them anywhere they can. But yeah, I, I didn't I didn't really see this result coming. I I, I thought this may be one 0 Brentford or draw, but um, as I say, I think Brentford have they're not like fully gone onto the beach, but I think. It, you know, do you remember back in like sort of maybe like the mid noughties it might have been, or maybe a bit earlier when Alan Kerbyshe was that child? <laughs> and for a few years, they'd you get to like the beginning of March and they'd be around sort of eighth, ninth, tenth, and you're thinking, God, Charlton have had a really good season. And as soon as they got to 40 odd points, their form would just dive off a cliff. And it feels like that with, with Brentford and, and with Fulham, as we mentioned earlier, that. I don't think it's well. It's clearly not a deliberate ploy to you know let's get to forty points and then just stop playing. But I do think cl- certain clubs just subconsciously they just knock off a you know just a little bit and 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 come the end of the season they they finish lower down than than you would have thought they would have done from sort of March onwards. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I mean. I guess nothing to play for for them, so it's really hard to. I don't know how it can be hard to motivate yourself, but it's just when when it needs to put in that, and they could they could just protect themselves. Some players looking for moves, some players just wanting the side. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's no one in five for Brentford now, which I think we've kind of walked past really, because uh, generally been pretty good all season, haven't they? But uh, as Sai says, once they've been safe, I mean, they're never going to go down with it. But yeah. uh, once they were obviously safe, and it was also like last week where they played really well against us for a half and then just got battered in the second half. I think that probably puts them off a bit. It's like, well, we don't Hope, need to play for this. Hopefully, they'll uh, they'll continue that run of form on Saturday. That'd be quite nice. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, when there's a team who really wants it, and a team that slightly doesn't want it, then I mean, the result usually goes one way, doesn't it? But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's uh, they've had a great season regardless, and. Uh, I'd be just, just all dressed on what, what, what happened to Ivan Tony, doesn't it? Like it's uh, yeah. the longest running investigation of all time. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, whether he's banned or whether he's at the club next season, because if he say 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 if he you know only gets a a relatively small ban, you'd think there'll be some teams looking at him in the summer. They they can't ban him now. Like they genuinely cannot ban him now. Because it's been going on so long. Can you imagine the legal ramifications? Yeah. If he then gets a long ban, every goal he has scored, every point he's cost the team, surely there has to be legal ramifications over yeah, how he's played. If he, gets a, if he gets a six month ban starting in May, he, like, you know, the summer, obviously, it's like two or two months where he wouldn't, he wouldn't have any games, so it work in his favour, if anything. Exactly. Yeah. I just find it, I just find all. This whole situation has been very strange, given how many charges. So you'd have to imagine there's no smoke without fire with stuff like these. I always feel there has to be something. I mean, it, it seems like there's like 
quite conclusive evidence that he's been doing it to me. Like, I mean, <laughs> some of the things that came out about it, if true. Um, I, I don't know, though. Nothing surprised me in football anymore with the decision makers. It seems to be just well, made up to go along. This is very true. Um, right, I'm going to leave the Man City game for now. Uh, we'll discuss that with the Arsenal game, obviously, with uh, both results tying up. So we'll come straight on to the Nottingham Forest nil, Man United 2. Um, I think Ross and Carl were delighted. Might have been Ross's first ever time supporting Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> It's a massive three points in the in the relegation battle and, and and for Man United as well, as you say, given the players that are missing, Dave, um and just obviously getting a lot of separation from from yourselves and them. Uh yeah, I mean on paper it's only only ever looked like it would go one way. I mean, we said earlier Man United without Rashford, but Bruno Fernandes ran this game from the first minute and for some reason Nottingham Forest did absolutely nothing to stop him. <laughs> let, uh, <laughs> let Man United play through the middle of the park over and over again. And just Morgan gives White to stand there being like, well, I'm not going to do it, so someone else do it. And then obviously no one did it. Um, I, I mean, the goals came eventually. Like, they were kind of death by a thousand cuts. Like, Anthony's goal was obviously a rebound. And... Uh, Diego Dallo took his goal well, but it was a fairly unremarkable game of football. Um, Forest's keeper, Navas, made you know a number of good saves. I don't, I don't actually know if Fernandez didn't score. He had quite a lot of clear chances, but it uh, wasn't his day. But um, Forest, Forest need easier games than this, which, as we discussed earlier, they don't seem to really have. Um, Man United have got the FA Cup semi-finals has come again and then they themselves have got Tottenham as well so um, that might be quite interesting they've got actually Spurs and Villa in consecutive weeks which is uh, what's known in the trade as a spicy meatball followed by, <laughs> uh, followed by Brighton away in the league as well so um, that's a tough run of games uh, well it? I mean that, that's really like it is 5th, 6th and 7th <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Uh, that's not an easy run. Um, and the already, for league as well. Well, I've already seen this squad seems to be a breaking point because um, Martinez is out for the season now. Um, Varane, as usual, has made a cheese string, so he's dropping apart. Um, <laughs> Rashford, well, he's injured, but Ten Hag keeps going, well, he's not injured for very long, but he's not going to play this week <laughs> or next week. I just don't know how bad it really is. Um, <laughs> And uh, well, I mean, you've got like Sabbath to limping off in the warm up. So um, they haven't played Harry Maguire, which is always funny, um, as we've seen in recent weeks. Like, you managed to get booked in the third minute here for a rugby tackle 40 yards from goal. It was <laughs> an, an incredible feat in an independent. Um, I think I watched the first 20 minutes of this game, and like Harry Maguire was like peak Harry Maguire. Like, you genuinely could have picked out maybe seven or eight like glaring, massive mistakes from him. Um, I mean, the thing is, he wasn't actually that bad after after that mad five minutes. But um, you just think, like, if you're Brighton playing against him in the FA Cup semi-finals this Sunday, you must be absolutely loving life. Like, oh God, yeah. They will pass patterns around him all afternoon. Casemiro is going to be very, very good. Do we think that he got away with with one with that handball? It was, it was quite close, wasn't it? But I don't know. I'm not surprised it wasn't given, put it that way. 
I don't understand the handball rule anymore, so I'm not. Well, even... I don't think anybody does. Alex. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't get it anymore. I don't. So I think one game it could be given, one game it won't be given. Uh, in fact, in the same game, it could happen twice. Five <laughs> one will be given, one won't be. So who knows, Simon? Who knows? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Man United is obviously a massive game. Then cup semi final. That'll be that'll be huge for Ten Hag. Um, if we can get a, a cup final, obviously hoping to win it. I I, I don't think so. I I fancy Brighton as well. Um, right. So last two games of the weekend. Um, we have Man City. Man City at home. Yeah, Man City at home. Three one win at Leicester, and then on Sunday. Arsenal, Arsenaling it. Um, hmm. A 2-0 draw with West Ham. Um, the gap is down to four points. Um, obviously, Man City have got a game in hand. Um, is this the the cracks beginning to tell on on Arsenal, or was it just a, a, a mighty performance from West Ham? And I mean, the City game, it's just a Man City game this time of season. Alan, two goals. Well, I mean, we'll do Man City first just because it was more routine, but they were, what, 3 up after 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just stop playing, really. Well, that's it. I mean, other than the last 10 minutes when things may have got very interesting, had uh, Ian Ashwin hit the post. Um, but, I mean, in reality, City took their foot off the gas so much. Um, they just basically bored themselves to death, and, then, uh, and obviously Leicester had a sniff later on. But in a, in a you know in a normal world, Man City would have won that six or seven nil. Had to kept the foot in the gas for the whole thing because Leicester couldn't get near them. Yeah, um, well, I think I think I I put a message in the group tonight. Three nil, saying this could genuinely be double figures. I, I think had City and they'd have kept up at the level they're playing at, I think it would have. But like you said. 20 minutes in, it's game over. Get hardened off as soon as possible and wrap him in cotton wool. And yeah, it was easy for them, wasn't it? It was far too easy for them, really. Um, so, I mean, I think I said last week that Man City may well feasibly win every single game they've got remaining in the league. Um, but obviously, not going to change that on the back of one, another comfortable win. Um, Leicester, uh, I've touched on this earlier, but Dean Smith's got a job on, but he's, you know, got games which he could get points in. Um, and well, it will probably get them, I think. I, I'd be very surprised if Leicester go down, which I know is daft to say when the 19s, but I just cannot see that team get relegated. It's a funny one I've, I've, with Leicester because I. Sort of with me, log, like I, I try and think, and I look at that team and logic would dictate that that shouldn't go down. And you look at the fixtures they've got coming up, and you think there's, you know, there's real opportunities to get points there. My, my worry with them is that they've they've been so bad for the last few. Well, I mean, they've been bad all season, but I mean, particularly the last sort of five, six, seven weeks that like, they've been dreadful and. It's difficult to get out of that. So I, I think they, I think they've got Wolves at home on the weekend. I think they have to win that game. If, if they don't win that, then I think, I, I think those are the three winnable games on paper. 
become a, all of a sudden become so much harder if they don't because they they need to start it somewhere. Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair to say. Um, when you've lost four in a row, you need a you need a result sooner rather than later when there's only when there's only seven games left. Um, Arsenal then. Um, <laughs> I mean, this was. I think they thought they were Man City because they were as in control as Man City were. You know, they were two and up after 15 minutes, maybe. It's 10 minutes. The, 10 minutes passing the ball about. Oh, everyone's lovely. Everyone have a touch. And then, you know, somebody try, tries to play off in the back one too many times. And uh, out of nowhere, because West Ham were never in this game until this <laughs> point, but um, they gave away the ball outside the box. And then the, the challenge by Gabriel, Gabriel, the. the uh, <laughs> What, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a knee slide golf celebration. Ah, it was such, it? such a weird thing to do. I think he's lucky not to get sent off. I know like they got rid of double jeopardy, but I'm not even sure he was trying to play the ball. Like, it's, it's just I, that penalty. It, it's for me. It's one of those. It's both a foul and it's a fucking dive as well. From <laughs> like, ah, that didn't help him. Like because it was. I was it saying, is a foul, but bloody what's it hell. Like, like, he was obviously expecting like a proper tackle to come in, but, yeah. like, but instead, like got as you say, need in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't know how to deal with this. He was, yeah, <laughs> he was definitely expecting studs, wasn't he? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, just a, a pair of knobbly knees come sliding along to him. <laughs> it's very odd. And then you know, Arsenal got the got the the Gaudio free card for you know, it was a penalty for handball, but you know, it's fairly soft. I hate I hate penalties like that because it's like. It's not stopping anything other than like a ball ricocheting out in the box. Like it wasn't like it is a handball. Don't get us wrong. It, it's it's a cast iron handball, but like it's not like it, it's not you've got a huge advantage from it. You know what I mean? It, like it, it's your classic. You, you'd want it for your team, but you you be you're angry when they're given against you because of what you just said. There, you think, well, come on, like, it's not it's not really handball, is it? Okay, his arms there, but what's he going to do? But when you're the attacking team, you're like. His arms are in a natural position. It's outside of his body. Like one of those <laughs> annoying know. ones, isn't it? How's, how's it come to this as a football fan? Where you're, talk, you're talking about like t-shirt lines and stuff, and it's like, ah, well, seen them given. Um, but for some reason, Saka followed uh, Salah's route from last week, which is <laughs> let's, let's slide the penalty wide. Don't need the points anyway. Fuck is. So I've always liked Saka. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I've never seen too many penalties, but why does it have recently? Like. To not hit the target from from twelve it yards seems to have happened a lot, uh, quite a bit recently, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, I don't know. You should never be allowed to take a penalty again if you miss the target. You should be banned. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's ter- especially from a forward. I mean, bloody Salah's done it twice. Yeah, yeah I, again, I've turned by it. Yeah, <laughs> never again. Um, I mean, to be fair, like, I've never thought Salah was a particularly good penalty taker. He just seems no, to like no. twat it hard and hope for the best. But yeah. uh, when he goes with precision, it seems to go badly for him. Can we talk about uh, Aaron Ramsdale's role in Jared Bowen's equaliser? Because I think that's really, really bad. As as great as he was at Anfield last week and made some great saves, that goal, I, I think that's that is such poor goalkeeping, such weak goalkeeping to not keep that out. That's it, isn't it, life of a goalkeeper? So good last week, but... I hear it, it seemed like it's smaller in the goal when, when he was... <laughs> But he should have should have done better with it, but um, I don't know with him. Like he's one of those where like 
whenever he has a good game, you think, ah, this kid, he's actually, you know, much better than I thought. And then he reminds you very quickly that he's actually not that good. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, he plays for a top four team who he probably isn't tested as much as some other keepers in the league. Um, obviously, last week we saw he was very capable of being good. Um, but that wasn't good on the uh, hands No, I, I think from what would worry me from the Arsenal point of view, apart from the obvious throwing away another two-goal lead, <laughs> the fact that there was over half an hour to play in that yes. game, yeah, and they like that. That's that's what where I'd be concerned that the reaction to, to doing that, like, because let's be honest, West Ham, like like you said, Dave, they they were nowhere near that game. They've not had a good season at all. That Arsenal should have should have reacted a lot better than they did. Absolutely. I mean, when West Ham were two 0 down, I thought that that was it for Moyes. I thought he'd be peddled. Possibly at half-time. Like, <laughs> the crowd was obviously against him and West Ham was staring down you know, another home defeat and whatever else. Um, but he somehow, say, the, the clawed himself back in the game and probably should have won it, to be quite fair. I mean, Antonio hits the bar fairly late on yeah, with a header. Um, it, was, uh, it was obviously a very strange afternoon, considering, let's say, for, for half an hour or so, Arsenal were just so in control of it. Um, but West Ham, it just goes to show, like you know, what, what goals really do change games. Hmm. I, one one thing I found really strange, and it's very trivial, but obviously in, in the last minute, the the substitution they brought, yeah, they brought in Enkita, but taking off Odegaard, like that that little thing, would it not be just more sense to bring off a defender? Yeah, I didn't get this. I mean. Saka had a terrible game, right? I mean, I know it probably wouldn't have confidence any good to take him off, but he was easily the least effective of Arsenal's four or five attacking players. Um, then missed the penalty, and then still was left on through the whole thing. It's like, I will take off, we'll take off Martinelli. Forget about his assists, right? We don't need him anymore. <laughs> we'll take off Erdegaard. It doesn't matter about him. Take off Jesus, right? You don't need him. Um, leave Saka on. Bring on Reese Nelson. Like, Worked once against Bournemouth. I'm not sure it's going to work every week. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I didn't understand that. I, I, find, I just find that weird. I know not, it's a silly thing. None of the subs Arsenal made made had any impact on the the last half hour. Like um, taking off Jesus, fine. He hasn't played that much for a few months. Surely he'd bring on Enkete as a straight swap. Like, why would he not? Yeah. Yeah, just, didn't get it. Yeah, um, no, it felt like panic substitution. Just yeah, there didn't seem to be. I mean, I talked last week. We were like, we were getting battered at Brentford. We had a very obvious plan B, which we executed and ended up winning the game. I'm not really sure Arteta has that. He just sort of like brings on Trossard for like for, for one at random and hopes for the best. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it's not the best, but I mean they haven't been vying very often to be fair to, to be honest, but. Um, I think they will be reeled in pretty quickly. And I think City will overtake them and probably win the league with games to spare now. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I've said it for a while. I, just, I didn't think Arsenal were... were I, yeah, I just don't think they could do it, especially when it got tight to this time of the season. It's kind of... 
kind of what I, I, I thought would happen. Man City will be a almost like robotic, um, and Arsenal will be will be Arsenal. I just think we we all I think we all thought as well the the squad depth would just would play such a big part in it. And, and yeah. you know you look at like they well, like you said there they they bring on Reece Nelson like who don't you know he's a decent player and would probably do a good job at a lot of clubs in the Premier League, but you're bringing him off the bench when you need to, to get a, a winner and Man City can bring on Foden or World Cup winner and Julian yeah. Alvarez off the bench. It's, it's different levels, isn't it? Yeah, and, and let's not forget, I mean, this is the last time a Man City defender scores a wonder goal um, hmm. in the game. Um, they, they went on to win the league. Uh, and John Foles just decides to, to plank a left-boot volley, top corner. Well, I think what's done Arsenal is... Um, Saliba's injury. Rob Holden's very mm. average centre half, and he, but the drop off from Saliba to him is ridiculous. Um, well, I, I think, think with that as well, Tommy Asu being in because if he was fit, yeah, he probably White put Ben in. White in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think those two injuries happened at the same time has really scuppered them. I mean, they've got loads of attacking options. I don't really think scoring goals has been the problem. I mean, you know, they've no. scored four, four goals in a week um, and got two points for it. Um, but uh, it's, it's the defence. Like they have been obviously unfortunate to get those two injuries. But like, why were they playing Saliba in the Europa League? Like, well, surely, when, it, yeah. when when you're winning the league for the first time in a long time, mm. who cares about the Europa League? No, like, <laughs> why on why on earth are you even playing? You know, I mean, a lot of the teams you're going to be playing against in that competition as well. Your your you know your your backup players can more than cover in games like this. Well, even the can't. Who cares? Like, yeah. I mean, not being disrespectful to Arsenal, but like, this sort of season happens once every ten years, where like Liverpool have had a bad season, Chelsea had a bad season, Man City had a slow start, well, a slow whatever it was, middle bit. Um, Man United haven't really been at it until recently. Um, that's not going to happen again for a while now because these teams inevitably sort themselves out with the money they've got. Like. Uh, Someone's going to come in at Chelsea, someone decent, and they'll probably do all right. Maybe all right, they might not win the league, but they're not going to be 11th next season. They're going to be higher up. They'll probably finish with Arsenal next season. Like, yep. that's the that's the sad truth. Like, yeah, this was Arsenal's. Really this was their ab- absolutely. This was their shot, and I mean, all right. As of now, they haven't blown it, but it just seems inevitable it's going to happen. I yeah, I mean, I I, I agree that um, you know, obviously this probably the best opportunity they've had for a while and could have for a while. I, and as much as I'd love to say it, I, I don't know if, if it's if is it fair to say that this would be them bottling it or blowing it, or is it just the sheer fact that as good as they've been, as good a nope. season they've had, Man City are just so much, are just better. Oh, this is on Arsenal. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say because they've obviously had only lost three season. games. Yeah, but I think the manner of being 2-0 up in two games in consecutive weeks. And yeah. winning neither. Like, had it been the other way around, you'd say, like, you know, they're fighting for every point, but to be taking yeah. in both games, and, and to be honest, cruising in both games, even at Anfield last weekend, like, until it all booted off with Xhaka, um, <laughs> Liverpool were nowhere, like, they, they couldn't get near them. Um, so it was it was unbelievable how much of a, almost a carbon copy it was in terms of, you know, to- <laughs> Totally in control, and then someone does something ridiculous, and then all of a sudden you're not in control anymore. Um, 
And I just don't think like you would get that in, I don't know, the great teams have gone by. Like you wouldn't get Makaleli giving the ball away and doing something ridiculous um, in that, you know, that Mourinho Chelsea team, for example. Or yeah. Probably same for multiple other examples down the years. Like just as usual, Arsenal, I think, have lacked that leader. Odegaard's been fantastic as, a, as an attacker, but he's. He doesn't strike me as being like a natural leader. Like he's obviously a bit like you know when Beckham was England captain. Like he's not the most mm. vocal, but he leads by example, which is absolutely fine. But it seems for years Arsenal have needed like someone who can organise the defence um, in the midfield and, and lead a bit in there and have a bit of sense. And you know, everyone knows Granit Xhaka's not going to do that. Um, <laughs> he, he will for for a long time, and then he'll do something odd. Um, like last weekend. Well, exactly. And, you know, you wouldn't get that from most captains. So, um, I mean, he's been captain, not captain, captain, not captain for Arsenal for so many years. Like, at one point, didn't he, like, throw the shirt away when he got subbed off or something? He, he did, yeah, yeah, when he yeah. screwed off. Well, welcome, welcome back. I mean, look at Davinson Sanchez at Tottenham. He got booed off by his own fans, having been subbed on, probably got booed on as well. Like, <laughs> he, he won't be captain there in a few years' time. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, they're a, they're um, a mad club, but they are, and it's fantastic for um, for our viewing pleasure. So sorry, Chris, sorry, Bobby, but um, I did tell you this was going to happen. Um, you just have to listen to the podcast every week, and we predict. Well, it's not over yet, Ali. Right? I mean, no, nope, I'm not having it. <laughs> well, we've got <laughs> we've got Arsenal to go to Man City um, next midweek, um, which is a huge game. Like, you know. Yeah, but they've they've got Southampton at home on Friday night. You you obviously you're assuming they win that, and so they go to City seven points ahead. Which no, obviously City have got the games they've had, but that that's a nice, that's still a, a decent cushion to have. And you, I, for, I was chatting with my mate on the, early on today who used to work for us in the HR department, so he's got like a bit of soft spot for them. And we were saying Arsenal, if they had any sense, you'd go to that City game. And you'd, I'd, I'd, I'd be half tempted to drop Erdogan, have a midfield three of Party, Jorginho and Xhaka and just make it a dog of a game, spoil the match and try and get a nil-nil. The thing is, they can't do that. Arsenal, Arsenal don't have the players to do that. Even with the players you mentioned, they're just not, they're just not. They, they try to do like almost something similar when they were 2-0 up in this game and and couldn't do it. They just they don't know how to win games like that. They they, they know how to win a game. And I, I think we we said this a few weeks ago. Arsenal have not really had much controversy this season. They've won a lot of their games fairly comfortable without any. You know they've never really had to dig deep. Mm. Uh, and it's probably a good job seeing the way the results are going, or they'd be mid table. <laughs> and it's been the same. Not just it's not that you slagging off Arsenal this year. I mean just look at the the historical of Arsenal the last. Four seasons, five seasons—they're just—they're very soft-centered. No, it's been a thing for a long time now, really, yeah. since uh, since oh, since yeah. the more or less. Like, um, I don't know. As a neutral in the title race, I'd I'd like them to make a fist of these last few weeks. Um, but I just feel like yes, they'll probably be set up this weekend. But I think it's inevitable they'll lose to Man City. Um, and from there, I think it'll be a very, a very tough road back. Well, after Man City, they've got obviously yeah Southampton home Friday night, and then away at Man City, 
home to Chelsea, away at Newcastle, home to Brighton. I mean, Chelsea, you, that, 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 they'll, they'll win that as well because Chelsea are managed by an idiot. But <laughs> Brighton, Newcastle, Man City, they're, they're three tough games, aren't they? When you're having a bit of a wobble as well. Well, that's it. I mean, they're all teams who've got potentially stuff to play for this time of year as well, which you know isn't always the case at this time of the season. So it's not not the greatest fixture uh, list for them, is it? That top seven, everybody's fighting for points. You know, trying to get you know that European place or the top four. So, yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Newcastle away last season where they basically threw away their top four? More or less, yeah. I think I said this a few weeks ago, like. The way they crumbled on that night under, you know, it was, it was a good crowd. It was our last one game of the season. Obviously, we had a good end of the season under Eddie Howe. Um, you know, boisterous crowd, Monday night, um, pressing them from the keeper from the first minute. Um, they couldn't handle it. They absolutely wilted under the pressure. Like, we could have won that game five or six. I don't remember them even having a chance on the night. Um, I would be surprised it was the same this time around. Um, but same time like it's not like our atmosphere has got any worse (laughs) (laughs) so it just depends on on what on what mood they're in basically and see how far they've come if they lose to man city and you say they got brighton before us uh brighton the week after you all right well who have they got before us uh chelsea at home all right well let's say you know i'd be surprised they didn't win that because chelsea lampard etc but Mm. if there are any sort of doubt going that game or man city have Played games in hand or whatever by then, like it's it's just they're going to be under so much pressure. Yeah, I love it because we know they handle um, <laughs> so well. <laughs> um, last last result, we'll not even discuss the games since we missed most of it. Um, it did finish Leeds one, um, Liverpool six. Uh, Leeds are in real danger. Um, but we will we'll leave that for the extra time, guys, to discuss and stay up to see the game. And I really don't want to discuss the handball because, again, <laughs> football rules. Um, <laughs> right, just to the end, gentlemen. Um, Simon, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, so yeah, on Twitter, it's at Simon Regan. And for Villa fans, the Holtcast podcast, which is a very happy place these days, and the website, <laughs> 7500toholt.com. And David, for yourself? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at cm9798 and the website is cm9798.co.uk and you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms um, you will find us every Tuesday morning in your feed you'll find the Extra Time guys every Friday Saturday morning in your feed um, and Ross has just released the first Premier League draft um, podcast as well um, so please have a listen um, it was a very fun to be a part of so I think Ross is looking for the next four so again anybody who's wishing to be part of that just give him a message they, they were really fun to do um, I'd be interested to see if any of you two get involved with that and, and see how the, the narrative goes and how you pick your team but, um, but gentlemen thank you as always for joining me thank you cheers Ali thank you at home for listening and always remember keep your man in the post